We are one church. We love God, love people, love his mission and love his church. Welcome to the One Church Podcast. Hello and welcome to the One Church Podcast. Today is Monday the 3rd of July and it's great to have you listening with us today. Before we dive in, just a quick thought from the Bible for you. This is from Psalm 34 verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. And isn't it great to know that we have a God whose goodness is tangible and it's unchanging. We can know it in our lives, whatever is happening. So this week, whatever is going on in your life, know that God is good, that he is with you and you can take refuge in him. Today we are continuing our new teaching series on hearing God and this week we're focusing on how we can hear God through the Bible. This is a brilliant message recorded at our central site from one of our senior leaders, Pastor Susan Hind. So let's be ready to be inspired and encouraged as we open the word together. Followers of Jesus, the Bible really is like an amazing multi-layered sat-nav, <laughs> but it's much, much more than that. It's so foundational to us. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. Do you know the Bible is an invitation to a relationship with God? It's ultimately how we know what we know, and it's how our lives get shaped, how our lives get changed, and it's where we start when we want to hear God. It's his living word, and we need it more than our daily bread so let's start on the road to Emmaus today. You can read it for yourself. I'm not going to read the whole passage, just a couple of verses. But in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, we read of a couple who just after Jesus has risen from the dead, it's the same day, but not all his disciples either know that or believe that. And these two are walking home the seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus to their home. Dejected, they're confused. And Jesus comes and he walks along with them, but they don't recognize him to start with. And what does he do? He asks them questions. And it says in Luke 24, 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Why didn't Jesus suddenly say, here I am, guys. You know, here I am. I've risen from the dead. Because it was important for him to lead this Bible study, if you like to carefully show that the Bible speaks of him, the Bible speaks of his life, the Bible speaks of his resurrection, his death, and he shows what he believes about the Bible just through that one verse. And remember, the Bible he had right then was what we would call the Old Testament today. So he shows that the Bible is his authority. He shows that the Bible is all about him. And he shows that the Bible has great power to speak directly and personally into our lives. No wonder the couple said, once they had had their eyes opened and and saw Jesus for who he was, were not our hearts burning within us while we opened the scriptures to us? Do you know, this is what we want, isn't it, today? We want our hearts to burn within us. And if we've lost some of that passion for reading and understanding the word of God, I'm praying and I know this is going to be reignited in us today. All these points can be applied to us. The Bible is our authority. The Bible is all about Jesus and the Bible speaks. And through its pages, we hear God welcoming us, inviting us into this conversation. Now, I'm sure if you are a believer in the room or even if you're not, you may have, well, believers certainly, but all of you could tell stories maybe about the power of God through the Bible in your life. 
scriptures that led to you asking God for forgiveness. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by his grace. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, for me when I was first saved, I was going to bring you a book today, but I couldn't fit it on my bike. It was a first song book that I wrote, so I got a guitar when I first became a Christian and I wrote songs, not particularly brilliant songs, but um, actually quite memorable. I still remember them today. But the first one I wrote was called Peace Be With You or something like that. It was, it was based on John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And right down the side of all these songs I've written as a 15-year-old girl, I had found all these verses from the Bible and they're all written out in different felt pens. And you know, right from the very beginning, the Bible spoke to me and it speaks to all of us. You know, prophetic words that have become part of your life. I hope you keep reigniting those, speaking over those. You know, for me, things like mother of many nations. Well, that came to a whole new meaning a few years ago, didn't it? When we joined with a church called All Nations. Moments like my dad's funeral where I knew that deep peace. And, you know, he said, my peace I give to you. Words to hang on to. Up our stairs in our house, we have prophetic posters. So we've made a poster for every person in our family. And it has their name and it has the verses that God has spoken to us about those people around them. It just means you go down the stairs and you can literally say, oh yes, so Samuel. You know, a lot of his verses are from 1 Samuel because when he was born, that was why we called him Samuel. And it says, you prayed for this child and I gave him to you for his whole life who will be dedicated to the Lord. It says the word of the Lord came to Samuel and all Israel said he was a prophet. You know, so we keep speaking those words out over our children, over our grandchildren. We're about to put a new poster up there that we've made for Fee, who's going to come into our family in August when she marries Samuel. Maybe there's times when you didn't know what to do. And the, the Logos word, the written word became the rhema word for you, became the living, active word that spoke to you personally. I remember delivering some Christmas hampers back in Nottingham in the inner city in something we used to call Operation Rudolph, where we used to deliver Christmas hampers all over the city to families in need. And I was on a street in a place called Snenton, right near the city centre, with loads of rubbish blowing down this street. And I was sort of on my own delivering this hamper to this particular house. And I just sensed in my, in, just in my heart, in my spirit, the verses from the Bible, Isaiah 58, I will call you a repairer of broken walls, a restorer of streets with dwellings. And I felt the Lord say to me through that, you're going to work here. The next week, I think it was, or just even a few weeks later, this job advert came up um, for a job in Snenton. I, I applied for it and I, knew, I just knew I was going to get that job because I felt the Lord had already spoken to me about it. And I did. And that led to a few more things that really prepared me for the journey of coming to Leicester. You know, these things happen more and more when we read and know the Bible sure. more. I mean, yeah. the Holy Spirit could only bring those verses to my mind because I'd actually read them and knew yeah, them. Right. Yes? <laughs> yeah, Jess, our amazing young niece who was with us last weekend, she would say that the thing that most shaped her life and her brother and her sister's life through their whole of their childhood and teenage years was their family Bible studies. Every night their family sit and she said they didn't always want to. I have to say, but the, before they went to bed, and particularly when they were teenagers, they would like make the kids <laughs> sit and they would, they would read a bit of the Bible. But when they were teenagers, they actually turned that as well into what's going on at school? What are the questions you've got? How can the Bible answer those questions? And they just kept conversing with their children. 
and bringing the word. So their lives were based on the word of God and not on the voices around. And that is really, those three children are doing amazing things for God. They're all in other countries, even over this summer. Um, the younger two are ministering to asylum seekers and refugees in Turkey this summer. I mean, they're just amazing kids. So as it like for Jesus, if we want to hear God through his word, we're going to look at those three points that we brought out about Jesus and the Bible. We're going to look at the Bible as our authority, how the Bible is all about Jesus and how it speaks to us. So the Bible is our authority. So as for you, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of, how you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible is our authority. This Biblia, this, this library of books, all different, inspired, God-breathed, authors carried along, it says, in the Word, by the Holy Spirit. Every part God has chosen to be there, infallible, worldwide the most successful book of all time. Every year, more than 100 million copies of the Bible are sold or given away. Why? Not because it's just old and profound, but because the Bible points to Jesus, and Jesus is relevant to every time, he's relevant to every culture, and believing what it says changes lives. So how does the Bible speak or operate in our lives? We're just going to use some Bible pictures. And I have to say, I got really inspired by this when I was preparing. So I've got a bit of a feast for you here. So get ready. <laughs> the word, first of all, and one word the Bible uses about itself is a shield. Psalm 119, you are my refuge and my shield. You might want to jot down these references and, and use them in your devotions this week and really get inspired about the Bible, what it is in your life. I have put my hope in your word. The word is our defense in an uncertain world. I don't know how many times I have sheltered behind, as it were, the word of God. You know, coming to my daily journaling and writing down, I I always have a, a, well, nearly every day, a verse for the day. And I try and hold on to that verse through the day and keep remembering it, try and bring it back to my mind. Because the word is our defense. The world is uncertain but the word is sure, and the word is our defense. The enemy has no access point to us if we are hiding behind the word of God. So the word, as well as water, completely different picture. Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. What's water like? Water is limitless. It refreshes, it satisfies thirst. The word is like water. It washes off the effects of sin. It renews our mind. It purifies us. It shows us what is right, and it leads us to a place of blessing. You know, when we pray for people for freedom, we often ask them to stand on, well, always, scriptures. We ask them to stand on the Bible because it brings cleansing to the mind. It brings us truth, as it says, in the inner parts. The word is a sword. There's two areas the sword operates in our life, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. One is against the enemy. And it's a weapon to fight with. And the other is a a knife, as it were, that operates on our hearts. So it operates inside us as well. Ephesians 6, 17, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Stand on the word. It's great, for example, to pray the word. Think about the difference between just saying, oh, Lord, bless Lester. Well, that's a great prayer to pray. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. But how much more powerful if we can grab hold of a scripture that we want to pray over Lester, for example, to say, 
something like keep on speaking and do not be silent. No one is going to attack or harm you because I have many people in this city. That's Acts 18 verse 10. But also the word is a knife for an operation on us. It's like a knife for circumcision as in the Old Testament. Hebrews 4 verse 12, alive and active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I wonder, have you ever been cut open by the word of God, challenged, deeply changed? The word is a plumb line. What's a plumb line? If you're a builder or in any sort of trade, you would know. I think it used to be actually a, a string, didn't it? But it's, it's something that keeps the building straight or keeps what you're doing straight. And the Bible is that for us. It's our standard. It's our constant. It shapes our doctrine. It's living, active truth that keeps us grounded. It's how we judge everything. It's how we live. If you look on our website, you'll see there's a link to the AOG website down at the bottom. And, you know, we can quote our beliefs from the AOG statements of faith, as it were. And what it says there about the Bible is it says we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. The infallible, all-sufficient rule for faith and practice, for what we believe and for what we do. If we don't base what we believe and what we do on the Bible, then what are we basing it on? And as a church, we choose to base it on the Bible. It's also how we test the words we hear or receive. The 1 Thessalonians says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Now, there may be some people in the room who have some reservations from past experience of prophecies, maybe being misused or things that didn't ever happen. But just feel safe that we can and we will sift the word, if you like, sift that rhema word with the written word. And for example, we can read about the fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, and we can test a prophetic word by that measure. You know, is it bringing love? Is Is it full of joy? Is it full of peace and so on? If it's not, then it doesn't come from the spirit. The word is also like yeast. The kingdom of God is like yeast, says Luke 13. When the word enters our lives, it spreads, it fills everything. It's like perfume filling a room and it brings change, like yeast in the dough. If you're a baker here and you put yeast in your dough, it spreads. And there comes that time when it gets proved and it starts to rise and then it's baked and it's lovely. And it also spreads to communities. So the word, it says in Acts 12, 24, the word of God continues to increase and spread. Yesterday, David and I went to two church celebrations. So we went to Bible Hall in Highfields. They're both in Highfields. Bible Hall in Highfields in the afternoon to welcome their new minister, Dariush, into his post there as their new minister. And then also, couldn't have been a more different celebration. In the evening, an amazing, vibrant celebration with our friends who are officially now taking on that building and it was just such an amazing celebration. I was just encouraged that the yeast is in the dough in Highfields. You know, we as a church are not based there anymore, but the Lord has got his work there and the the many seeds that have been sown in that area by us and by many other churches are in the ground. The yeast is in the dough. The word is in the dough and the word will continue to increase and spread, bear fruit. The word is medicine. How many references to... In the Bible, there are many to the word restoring us, even our flesh. It says, Proverbs 3.8, health, it's health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Personally speaking, over ourselves, we can, we can say things like, as my, strength, as my days, so shall my strength be. I often pray that over David, over myself, over my mum, and so on. It's a great faith-building prayer to pray from the Bible. 
you might want to bless your body with the word of God. You know, if there's a part of your body not working very well, then speak over it. Speak life over it. Say verses like Romans 8.11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and will give life to your mortal body. I remember my sister-in-law, Janice, coming back from Mauritania where she was a frontline missionary and being very sick with some disease that no, people didn't know what was wrong with her and actually we believed maybe potentially her life was in danger. Nobody really knew what was the issue. And David and I went to visit her in hospital, anointed her with oil. I remember praying over her the verse from Jeremiah 29, 11, that the Lord has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And suddenly David and I just had this surge of faith that she had a future, that, that, that God had plans for her future. So the enemy was not going to take her. And we began to pray like quite strongly. And actually, I don't think we ever found out exactly what was the issue, but she recovered and she went, you know, she's doing, she's done amazing things for God around the world and still today. So find scriptures, apply them like medicine and like medicine, remember, you've got to take it every day. <laughs> um, the word is an arrow. It's propelled. It hits the mark. He sent forth his word. My word says God out coming out of from my mouth. It will not return empty, always return full. It goes out like an arrow. The word is light. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a broad light that shines on our whole life, but also it's a, a lamp, if you like, that shines on our feet that can show us the way just straight in front of our feet. Some specific guidance sometimes we can have from the word because it has layers. And very often as well, probably more often, guiding principles that we learn from the word and then God says, right, I've given you a brain, so you choose. <laughs> Often that happens as well. And the word is fire. His word is in my heart like a fire, says Jeremiah. It melts hardness. It expresses the fiery love of God. It's like an urgent passion in our being, setting us ablaze. And the word is seed. The seed is the word of God. Jesus says when he, he shares the parable of the sower, good soil is important. The seed is small, but carries the potential of growth and harvest. The word of God can make us pregnant. Do you know that? <laughs> Even men here, you can be pregnant with the promise of God, with the word of God. But you have to receive the word, make room for the word, watch over it, and amazing things will come. The word is bread. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Bread all over the world, all different types, isn't there? We had some last night, some of the, I feel slightly strange, bread, which is wrapped in cling film which is like ugali or, you know, that sort of thing from when, that we have in Kenya. I think it tastes like Play-Doh, but people love it. <laughs> people love it. So there's different types of bread all over the world, different tastes, different people love different types of bread. But bread is like a staple food, and the, and the Bible is our staple food. It's our everyday food. And the word lasts forever, it says. Isaiah 40, the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This book is eternal. It will never, ever fail. And this word is precious. Psalm 19, perfect, refreshing the soul, trustworthy, making wise the simple, giving joy to the heart, radiant, giving light to the eyes, more precious than gold, much fine gold, sweeter than honey. By them is your servant warned, and keeping them, there is great reward. That's the commands of the Lord. When our king was crowned a few months ago, he was given a Bible by the Church of Scotland moderator, and he said these words. He said, we present you with this book the most valuable thing that this world affords. Okay. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Wow, 
What a book. What a book, hey? No wonder if we want to hear God, we start here. Second, the Bible is all about Jesus. So we look for Jesus on every single page. This is the big story. And it's our story, but it's Jesus through it all. This is what Jesus said when he shared with the Pharisees in John 5. He said, the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You've never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. The Passion Version says, you are busy analyzing the scriptures, pouring over them, hoping to gain eternal life. Everything you read points to me, yet you still refuse to come to me so I can give you the life you're looking for, eternal life. It is possible to read the Bible, to read the words of God, and not to see Jesus. They missed the point, which is relationship. They didn't see that in the scriptures, Jesus is in creation that Jesus is the seed, that Jesus is in the priests, that he's in the sacrifices, the lamb, the tabernacle, the prophets, the poetry of the Psalms, the wisdom of Proverbs. He's the son of David. He's the king of kings. He's the temple builder. He's the temple himself. And that's just the Old Testament. The New Testament, whole new day, isn't it? They read it, but they didn't see and they didn't hear and they didn't meet the one it was all written about. So when he came in person into the world, they didn't recognize him. And what Jesus says here, there's an invitation to you and me, if you read between the lines here, because he says, study the scriptures. Study the scriptures. Yes, read the scriptures and come to me to have life. So let's let the scriptures lead us to Jesus and look for him on every page. So when Jesus met the pair on the Emmaus Road, he showed them that the Bible was his authority that it's all about him, and finally, that the Bible has great power to speak directly and personally into our lives. It is personal because our God is a relational God. Through the Bible, we hear God. This is what Rowan Williams said, who was an ex-Archbishop of Canterbury. Christians read the Bible not just as a document from history, but as a world into which they enter so that God may meet them there. Jesus said, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. If we want to bear fruit in our lives, we remain in Jesus in relationship, and with his word, we let his word remain in us. This is power and fruitfulness. So if we believe that, practically then, so we just apply this now, how can we embed this practice of hearing God through his word every day? So, How often do you expect to hear God? I hope you're saying every single day. Often, yes. Our dog even knows my morning routine. So when she hears the coffee machine going, she she runs into the room where I pray and read the Bible and jumps on the sofa there. A few practical tips. Get hungry. If you think about the Bible as bread, what happens when you go to the supermarket and they're pumping out that smell? You know... And the bread, they, they know what they're doing, don't they? They just put, they pump out that smell of bread and your nose goes, and it's like one of those cartoons where the smell goes up your nostrils and you go, oh, bread's got to go to the top of my list. I've got to. <laughs> because the smell of fresh bread. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Get hungry. No guilt. If you're feeling now, oh no, I've not done well. I'm, um, you know, 
I don't read the Bible as much as I could and I found it a bit dry recently. Well, get past the accusing voices because that doesn't do you any good whatsoever. Just, just start again or restart. Read every day. I don't make any bones about that. I don't say just like read once a week. Read the Bible every day as much as you can. Choose a place, change your pace, and have a few moments each day where you stop and you read. Have a plan. If you're stuck where to start, start with the Gospels and just read a bit each day and ask God to speak to you. Be creative and be yourself, but find ways to engage your heart as well as your head. Grasp it by faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Here's five fingers, well, four fingers and a thumb to, to grasp the word with, to hear. Devote yourself to public reading. Why not listen to an audio Bible if you find it hard to read it? Um, it can be really good. Maybe make some notes as you go along or whatever. Secondly, read. Read regularly, aloud or in quiet. You can read the Bible aloud, you know, on your own, if that helps you. Write in your Bible. Scribble in it. Read with your senses. Read with your imagination. Try and imagine yourself in the places that you read about. Maybe use an app like the Bible in one year, if that helps you, or Lectio 365. Really good. Study. Apply yourself to understanding like the Bereans did in Acts 17. Memorize it. Deuteronomy 11. As you go along, it says, remember these things and teach them to your children. Pick verses that mean something to you. Write them up somewhere. Put them on your wall. You know, scribble them out on, put them on your fridge or whatever and just try and remember them. I talked to a lady the other day who does this with her children, but she, she puts them to music. I think that's a great idea if you can do that, because that helps you remember. And meditate day and night, it says in Psalm 1, for more revelation, chew it over. So I wonder who here is more hungry to hear God in his word than when we started this morning. Yeah? We're just going to pray. We're just going to ask Jesus to do for us what he did for that couple on the Emmaus Road, because his nature hasn't changed. Lord, I just thank you. We thank you for your word. And Lord, each of us just want to say to you in our own hearts, will you draw alongside us as you drew alongside that couple on the Emmaus Road? Will you open the scriptures to us? And Lord, I speak over every person here, Lord, that we will hear you afresh in your word. Until we also say like them, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us? Lord, I pray your word in our lives will be louder than the voices around us. It will be louder than unbelief. And we would also have a word on every occasion to share with those around us, Lord, that we would take those words that you speak in our life and we would share them. Lord, like the little boy shared his pat lunch with the crowd, Lord, we pray that you help us to share and break the bread of your word wherever we go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Susan, for that brilliant message. Isn't it amazing that God speaks to us through his word? So as you read the Bible this week, be ready to hear from him. And why not even be bold and share a verse with someone else too? Before we sign off, we just want to let you know about what's going on in the life of One Church. This is your family news.
Our next newcomers event is happening on Thursday the 13th of July, 7pm at 12 Frog Island. If you are new to One Church and you're considering making this your home, Newcomers is the event for you. It's a chance to meet some of the team, hear the heart and the vision, and find out how you can get involved in the life of One Church. We'd love to see you there. This coming Saturday, the 8th of July, we have our next United Kids event. This is a brilliant event full of fun, worship and teaching for children aged 7 to 11 from churches all across the city. It's happening at Holy Trinity from 6 until 8pm and you are invited. And finally, we want to let you know about an event called Run Leicester. This is a charity run that lots of people get involved with for all sorts of different causes. And we would love a team to run in aid of Open Hands this year. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, there are details on the Open Hands website. If you'd like more information about any of those things, or you want to respond to the message or receive prayer in any way, we are here for you. Please do get in touch. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been great to have you with us. Be blessed and have a brilliant week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.